0: In the summer of 2012, Robert and his wife began a rather interesting journey together. And by interesting, I mean the same sort of interesting that's implied in the ancient apocryphal Chinese curse, may you live in interesting times. (laughs) You see, his wife was diagnosed with, to use the medical techno-geeky terminology, type 2 invasive ductal carcinoma. And for those of you and me less involved in the whole process, that's what's known as breast cancer. Each Sunday, there are quite a few of us here online who are or have been caring for a parent, a spouse, a sibling, or a child with chronic or mental illness, cancer, stroke, dementia, mental illness, addiction, a pregnancy complication these are just a few of the list of so many diagnoses that caused the lives of a patient and their caregiver to enter this whirlwind of a storm something that they may not feel they can control by themselves and layer in the daily caregiving many share as parents of young children just day-to-day life well caregiving is really all around us isn't it so how do we enter that storm with calm when it happens how does one stay centered with all that's needed to be a caregiver today we're continuing on in the sermon series of be fruitful creation caregiving and community It's a sermon and worship series where we give praise to God for creation and for all the people around us and all the gifts that have been given. And today we focus on caregiving. And I have to thank Robert Martin for allowing me to share some of his experiences in this sermon. So when I was pregnant with our first child, Shannon, who is now 29, years old i was determined that no one was going to treat me any differently than i was before i was pregnant i wasn't sick i had nothing extraordinary going on um didn't want to be paid attention to do not single me out everything was perfectly normal imagine my surprise then and steve's and my parents and his parents When at 29 weeks, I was put on bed rest for the duration of the pregnancy. As I told my doctor, and for those of you who know me, you mean you're doing that to lower my blood pressure? So so suddenly, in this this span of a few hours, I was into the world of caregiving and care-receiving and I was completely unprepared for the amount of compassion and grace that I was about to receive. In the years since then, I've had the privilege of counseling caregivers, prayed with caregivers, and learned more and more about the challenges of caregiving. Many of those caregivers have been or are right here in this room or online with us it's been said that there are four kinds of people in the world those who are caregivers those who will be caregivers those who have been caregivers and those who will need caregivers in other words sooner or later it's about all of us in 2020 more than 53 million people or about 20 percent of the population at that time provided unpaid care the chronically ill disabled and aged mem- family member or friend that's not including the doctors and the nurses and the emergency workers and anyone else that is absolutely a part of the care these are just the unpaid family and friends and when the time comes we have a choice not always whether we'll be a caregiver but more what kind of caregiver we will be and this decision can be a serious wrestling point entirely new territory for any of us and completely out of our comfort zone so how then do we find comfort and lessons to guide us well I'm a pastor and a person of faith so I turn to the Bible so let's look at what might be a familiar set of verses in a new light let's read the Beatitudes But this time let's read it not just as a general description of those who are seeking the kingdom of god but how they could be applied to this role of caregiver in chapter four it sets us up pretty well jesus went through galilee teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness amongst the people So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all the sick, those who were afflicted with various diseases and pains, demons, epileptics, and paralytics, and he cured them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. Jesus was healing people, but he still had a lesson to teach to those who might be caregivers. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets before you. The Word of God in Scripture, the Word of God among us, the Word of God within us. Thanks be to God. The Beatitudes start this way Blessed are. Some translations, even theologies, call this good fortune or health and wealth some even use the word happy and i just think that's a bit of a stretch don't you i mean who is really happy about being persecuted or poor whether in spirit or economically but that's a sermon for another time the greek word for blessed is makarioi and it means to be fully satisfied in the new testament makarioi speaks to the joy that comes from knowing god it's a satisfying comfort and a deep deep faith that life circumstances don't bring this joy only the peace of christ does difficult as life might be this blessed be points to a source of deep satisfaction and faith makarioi blessed are So let's look at a few of these blessed are beatitudes in the context of caregivers and how we in this community that we call Arapaho are stepping into the role of caregiver for those around us and in our community. Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We've talked before. Kingdom of heaven is not some far off place in time. It's here and now. And in Wesleyan theology, it's understood that the kingdom of God is more a condition of the soul than it is a political identity. Wesley's declaration of his heart being strangely warmed is a witness to the personal experience of the kingdom of God. Right there, right there, my heart is strangely warmed. It's within me. The kingdom of God is here. True religion is characterized by a spirit-led joy, holiness, and peace that can be found today. It's not just something, someplace, sometime that we're waiting for. And God looks to us, the caretakers, to bring that kingdom to ourselves and to others here and now. The comfort is this. The kingdom of God is not a place where you are alone alone people take care of people and as for the caregiver this is good news because providing care to someone can take its toll on mental health exhaustion burnout we need each other we need each other as caregivers to lift each other up and encourage us and keep us going as caregivers we cannot do it alone we need each other and i'm so thrilled about the way we do that here at arapaho through prayer we do that here at arapaho several times during during the week on monday there is a small group of people who get together online at 12:30, and pray specifically for people who have asked for prayers by name every week for about a half an hour and from there we gather up all the prayers and send them out to a list of people that we know as prayer partners Who have agreed to pray for those who are needing care and prayer. If you're interested in being on that list and receiving and committing to us in prayer, you can see Judy when you when you walk out. I did tell her that she might be accosted because I know all of you want to be on that list. It's the way that we are blessed and full for the poor in spirit that we bring the kingdom of heaven to people through prayer, that we lift each other up. Second, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. If you've been with family or friends who are going through cancer treatments or other long illnesses and caregivers yourselves, you know that comforting is not that easy. It's not as easy as to say you will be comforted the role of a caregiver is a hard journey with the need for a lot of strength and patience and endurance and during this time you'll end up losing some things that are precious to you even if only for a short time there's a bible paraphrase version called the message and the message paraphrase of this beatitude blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted Describes mourning as a feeling like you've lost what is most dear to you. Those who are sick or otherwise in need of care probably won't like, act like themselves much of the time. What used to bring laughter and smiles might fade away. It's hard, really hard to see people change during this time. What was a steady rhythm of life for the caregiver school days, Workdays, meals, waking up, going to sleep, at least there was some semblance of control over your day, right? What has been lost is worthy of mourning, but what does that mean to the caregiver? Again, referencing the message paraphrase You're blessed when you feel like you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you embraced, be embraced by the one most dear to you for the caregiver loss of life spouse job even loss of hair all of that we grieve inside that mourning, as if we've lost something very dear to ourselves for the caregiver and even the one who is cared for comfort comes through tears mournful tears angry tears tears of frustration and pain and there's something holy and sacred about the care that is shown while sitting with someone and letting them cry and not really feeling like you have to give words to the situation being there with someone is how we care for them and how do we at Arapaho providing that holy and sacred care for those who have lost something very dear? I think of a few things when I think of this. We have a very strong partnership with three uh, three churches in an organization called Faith and Grief. What I like about Faith and Grief, which is led by four people here at Arapaho, is that they meet monthly. And they tell stories and experiences about different stages of grief. And they acknowledge that grief is not just a function of death. That we grieve a lot of things. When someone gets a divorce. When someone's child is hurt and we grieve what is happening. We grieve a lot of things. We have our funeral ministry here where several people pull together a service that's meaningful and sacred, and that shares the news, the, the news that death is not the end. They pull together receptions and homilies and music, all of these things that provide care to the people who are suffering and grieving, sharing a message that in death comes new life, just as we proclaim every Easter, Oh, death, where is thy victory? O oh, death, where is thy sting? That is caregiving. And in worship services, especially during communion, we act as caregivers when we place that grace and love of Christ, the bread and the wine, in someone's hands. And then many of us will walk to the altars that we have here and kneel, and someone will come beside you, and put a hand on your shoulder and pray and it's then when we're embraced by the one most dear to us coming to us as a friend and sharing our tears blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy while we've really got to be careful when we use that word mercy in the context of caregiving mercy can be viewed as putting someone out of pain like a mercy killing out of their misery um and 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 I do believe that's true in part as we read in the verses before the Beatitudes Jesus does heal and shows mercy to those who are in pain when I think about caregiving I prefer to hear not the word mercy but compassion it's a bigger concept than just relief of pain and healing it's a bigger concept than just relief of suffering or judgment mercy and compassion together involve love and kindness even in the face of pain and suffering I've seen that compassion in one of those as one of those deep deep movements of the spirit someone brings you something That you didn't even know you needed have you ever felt that that thank you that I didn't even know I needed that Robert Martin shares a story that he felt that movement that compassionate spirit as a caregiver friend uh, brought to his wife and came to take her for a manicure and a pedicure it's something so simple but it's an act of love and kindness and compassion for her that she's refreshed and pampered, but also compassion for him, through a time of respite alone. It's a time that he didn't even know what would help her, and this friend appeared. Compassion is realizing that the last thing some caregivers want to do is cook a meal, whether it's for two people, one person, or a family of six. So we provide a meal here, at Arapaho through the AUMC Meal Ministry when you call the office. Compassion is knowing that a family is caring for someone with a long-term illness and may not have time for those day-to-day things. So some friends get together and mow their lawn every week. Compassion is shown through economic relief for families who are caring for that child with a long-term illness that is ministered. Through the live like luke ministry and we model the compassion that jesus did with loaves and fishes when we help families shop for groceries from the network mobile food ministry at Adobe pre-k as the church we're in this very unique position to pray for and offer practical help to caregivers through a variety of means and that shares hope and care and rest for the soul. All of this has to do with caregiving, compassion, and we can receive it as much as we share it, sometimes more. This week I ran across this anonymous posting of the Beatitudes for Caregivers. And it's published, it models, Jesus's words about the kind of people who bear and share God's blessings in the world and i'd like to share it with you now the words will be up on the screen because in these words i see the face of god in the faces of this community called arapaho blessed are those who care and who are not afraid to show it they will let people know they are loved blessed are those who are gentle and patient They will help people to grow as the sun helps the buds open and blossom. Blessed are those who have the ability to listen. They will lighten many a burden. Blessed are those who know how and when to let go. They will have the joy of seeing people find themselves. Blessed are those who, when nothing can be done or said, they don't walk away but remain provide a comforting and supporting presence they will help the sufferer to bear the unsufferable and unbearable blessed are those who recognize their own need to receive and who receive with graciousness they will be able to give all the better and blessed are those who give out hope of return They will give people an experience of God. Caregiving is hard work. And I thank God for the people of Arapaho who aren't afraid to show you care, who are patient and gentle and kind, who listen, who support and help bear the burdens and who help all of us experience a God of love and grace we heard a beautiful anthem "Rudders for the beauty of the earth earlier in this service and I wanted to share some of the specific words from that that best describe the fruits of a caring and loving community hear these again for the joy of human love brother sister parent child friends on earth friends above for all gentle thoughts and mild. Lord of all to thee we raise, this our joyful hymn of praise. May it ever be so, amen.